Chapter Twenty Nine, Part One of The Betrothed. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. The Betrothed by Alessandro Manzoni. Chapter Twenty Nine, Part One and here we find that persons of our acquaintance were sharers in the widespread alarm one who saw not don abondidio the day that the news were suddenly spread of the descent of the army of its near approach and destructive proceedings knows very little of what embarrassment and consternation really are they are coming they are thirty there are forty there are fifty thousand they are devils heretics antichrists they've sacked cortenova they've set fire to premaluna they've devastated introbio pasturo Parisio. they've been seen at balabio they'll be here to-morrow such were the reports that passed from mouth to mouth some hurrying to and fro others standing in little parties together with tumultuous consultations hesitation whether to fly or remain the women assembling in groups and all utterly at a loss of what to do don abondidio who had resolved before anyone else and more than anyone else to fly by any possible mode of flight and to any conceivable place of retreat discovered insuperable obstacles and fearful dangers what shall i do exclaimed he where shall i go the mountains letting alone the difficulty of getting there were not secure it was well known that the german foot soldiers climbed them like cats where they had the least indication or hope of finding booty the lake was wide there was a very high wind besides the greater part of the boatmen fearing they might be compelled to convey soldiers or baggage had retreated with their boats to the opposite side the few that had remained were gone off overladen with people and distressed by their own weight and violence of the storm were considered in greater peril every moment it was impossible to find a vehicle horse or conveyance of any kind to carry him away from the road the army had to traverse and on foot don abondidio could not manage any great distance and feared being overtaken by the way the confines of the bergamascan territory were not so very far off but that his limbs could have borne him thither at a stretch but a report had been already spread that a squadron of capelletti had been dispatched from bergamo in haste who were occupying the borders to keep the german troops in order and those were neither more nor less devils incarnate than these and on their part did the worst they could the poor man ran through the house with eyes starting from his head and half out of his senses he kept following perpetua to concert some plan with her but perpetua busied in collecting the most valuable household goods and hiding them under the floor or in any other out-of-the-way place pushed by hurriedly eager and preoccupied with her hands or arms full and replied 
I shall have done directly putting these things away safely, and then will do what others do. Don Abondidio would have detained her and discussed with her the different courses to be adopted, but she, what with her business and her hurry, and the fear which she, too, felt within, and the vexation which that of her master excited, was, in this juncture, less tractable than she had ever been before. Others do the best they can, and so will we. I beg your pardon, but you are good for nothing but to hinder one. Do you think that others haven't skins to save, too? That the soldiers are only coming to fight with you? You might even lend a hand at such a time, instead of coming, crying, and bothering at one's feet. With these and similar answers, she at length got rid of him, having already determined when this bustling operation was finished as well as might be to take him by the arm like a child and to drag him along to one of the mountains left thus alone he retreated to the window looked listened or seeing someone passing cried out in a half crying and half reproachful tone do your poor curate this kindness to seek some horse some mule some ass for him is it possible that nobody will help me oh what people wait for me at least that i may go with you wait till you are fifteen or twenty to take me with you that i may not be quite forsaken will you leave me in the hand of dogs don't you know they are nearly all lutherans who think it a meritorious deed to murder a priest will you leave me here to be martyred oh what a set oh what a set but to whom did he address these words to men who were passing along bending under the weight of their humble furniture and their thoughts turned towards that which they were leaving at home exposed to plunder one driving before him a young cow another dragging after him his children also laden as heavily as they could bear while his wife carried in her arms such as were unable to walk some went on their way without replying or looking up others said eh sir you too must do as you can happy you who have no family to think for you must help yourself and do the best you can oh poor me exclaimed don abondidio oh what people what hard hearts there's no charity everybody thinks of himself but nobody will think for me and he set off again in search of perpetua oh i just wanted you said she your money what shall we do give it to me and i'll go and bury it in the garden here by the house together with the silver and the knives and forks but 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 give it here keep a few pence for whatever may happen and then leave it to me don abondidio obeyed went to his trunk, took out his little treasure, and handed it to Perpetua, who said, I'm going to bury it in the garden at the foot of the fig tree, and went out. Soon afterwards she reappeared with a packet in her hand, containing some provision for the appetite, and a small empty basket, in the bottom of which she hastily placed a little linen for herself and her master, saying, at the same time, you carry the breviary at least but where are we going where are all the rest going 
first of all we'll go into the street and there we shall see and hear what's best to be done at this moment agnes entered also carrying a basket slung over her shoulder and with an air of one who comes to make an important proposal agnes herself equally resolved not to await guests of this sort alone as she was in the house and with little of the money of the unnamed still left had been hesitating for some time about a place of retreat the remainder of those scudi which in the months of famine had been of such use to her was now the principal cause of her anxiety and irresolution from having heard how in the already invaded countries those who had any money had found themselves in a worse condition than anybody else exposed alike to the violence of the strangers and the treachery of their fellow-countrymen true it was that she had confided to no one save don abundidio the wealth that had fallen so to say into her lap to him she had applied from time to time to change her escudo into silver always leaving him something to give to some one who was poorer than herself but hidden riches particularly with one who is not accustomed to handle much keep the possessor in continual suspicion of the suspicion of others while however she was going about hiding here and there as best she could what she could not manage to take with her and thinking about the scudi which she kept sewn up in her stays she remembered that together with them the unnamed had sent her the most ample proffers of service she remembered what she had heard related about his castle being in so secure a situation where nothing could reach it against its owner's will but birds and she resolved to go and seek an asylum there wondering how she was to make herself known to the signor don abundidio quickly occurred to her mind who after the conversation we have related with the archbishop had always shown her particular marks of kindness the more heartily as he could do so without committing himself to any one and the two young people being far enough off the probability was also distant that a request would be made him which would have put this kindness to a very dangerous test thinking that in such confusion the poor man would be still more perplexed and dismayed than herself and that this course might appear desirable also to him she came to make the proposal finding him with perpetua she suggested it to them both together what say you to it perpetua asked don abondidio i say that it is an inspiration from heaven and that we mustn't lose time but set off at once on our journey and then and then and then when we get there we shall find ourselves very well satisfied it is well known now that the signor desires nothing more than to benefit his fellow-creatures and i've no doubt he'll be glad to receive us there on the borders and as it were in the air the soldiers certainly won't come and then and then we shall find something to eat there for up in the mountains when this little store is gone and so saying she placed it in the basket upon the linen we should find ourselves very badly off 
he's converted he's really converted isn't he why should we doubt it any longer after all that's known about him nay after what you yourself have seen and supposing we should be going to put ourselves in prison what prison i declare with all your silly objections i beg your pardon you'd never come to any conclusion well done agnes it was certainly a capital thought of yours and setting the basket on a table she passed her arms through the straps and lifted it upon her back couldn't we find some man said don abondidio who would come with us as a guard to his curate if we should meet any ruffians for there are plenty of them roving about what help could you two give me another plan to waste time exclaimed perpetua to go now and look for a man when everybody has to mind himself up with you go and get your breviary and hat and let us set off don abondidio obeyed and soon returned with the breviary under his arm his hat on his head and his staff in his hand and the three companions went out by a little door which led into the churchyard perpetua locked it after her rather not to neglect an accustomed form than from any faith she placed in bolts and doorposts and put the key in her pocket don abondidio cast a glance at the church in passing and muttered between his teeth it's the people's business to take care of it for it is they who use it if they've the least love for their church they'll see to it if they've not why it's their own lookout they took the road through the fields each silently pursuing his way absorbed in thought on his own particular circumstances and looking rather narrowly around more particularly don abondidio who was in continual apprehension of the apparition of some suspicious figure or something not to be trusted however they encountered no one all the people were either in their houses to guard them to prepare bundles and to put away goods or on the roads which led directly to the mountain heights after heaving a few deep sighs and then giving vent to his vexation in an interjection or two don abondidio began to grumble more connectedly he quarrelled with the duke of nevers who might have been enjoying himself in france and playing the prince there yet was determined to be duke of mantua in spite of the world with the emperor who ought to have sense for the follies of others to let matters take their own course and not stand so much upon punctilio for after all he would always be emperor whether titius or sempronius were duke of mantua and above all with the governor whose business it was to do everything he could to avert these scourges of the country while in fact he was the very person to invite them all from the pleasure he took in making war i wish said he that these gentry were here to see and try how pleasant it is they will have a fine account to render but in the meanwhile we have to bear it who have no blame in the matter do let these people alone for they'll never come to help us said perpetua 
this is some of your usual prating i beg your pardon which just comes to nothing what rather gives me uneasiness what's the matter perpetua who had been leisurely going over in her mind during their walk her hasty packing and stowing away now began her lamentations at at having forgotten such a thing and badly concealed such another here she had left traces which might serve as a clue to the robbers there well done cried don abandidio gradually sufficiently relieved from fear for his life to allow of anxiety for his worldly goods and chattels well done did you really do so where was your head what exclaimed perpetua coming to an abrupt pause for a moment and resting her hands on her sides as well as the basket she carried would allow what do you begin now to scold me in this way when it was you who almost turned my brain instead of helping and encouraging me i believe i've taken more care of the things of the house than of my own i'd not a creature to lend me a hand i've been obliged to play the parts of both martha and magdalene if anything goes wrong i've nothing to say i've done more than my duty now agnes interrupted these disputes by beginning in her turn to talk about her own grievances she lamented not so much the trouble and damage as finding all her hopes of soon meeting her lucia dashed to the ground for the reader may remember this was the very autumn on which they had so long calculated it was not at all likely that donna presidi would come to reside in her country house in that neighborhood under such circumstances on the contrary she would more probably have left it had she happened to be there as all the other residents in the country were doing the sight of the different places they passed brought these thoughts to agnes's mind more vividly and increased the ardor of her desires leaving the footpath through the fields they had taken the public road the very same along which agnes had come when bringing home her daughter for so short a time after having stayed with her at the tailor's the village was already in sight we will just say how de do to these good people said agnes yes and rest there a little for i begin to have had enough of this basket and to get a mouthful to eat too said perpetua on condition we don't lose time for we are not journeying for our amusement concluded don abandidio they were received with open arms and welcomed with much pleasure it reminded them of a former deed of benevolence do good to as many as you can here remarks our author and you will the more frequently happen to meet with countenances which bring you pleasure agnes burst into a flood of tears on embracing the good woman which was a great relief to her and could only reply with sobs to the questions which she and her husband put about lucia she is better off than we are said don abandidio she's at milan out of all danger and far away from these diabolical dangers are the signor curate and his companion making their escape then asked the tailor certainly replied both master and servant in one breath 
Oh, how I pity you both. We are on our way, said Don Abundidio to the castle of. That's a very good thought. You'll be as safe there as in paradise. And you've no fear here, said Don Abondidio. I tell you, Signor Curate, they won't have to come here to halt, or as you know the saying is, in polite language, in ospitazione. We are too much out of their road, thank heaven. At the worst, there'll only be a little party of foragers, which God forbid. But in any case, there's plenty of time. We shall first hear the intelligence from the other unfortunate towns, where they go to take up their quarters. It was determined to stop here and take a little rest, and it was just the dinner hour. My friends, said the tailor, will do me the favor of sharing my poor table. At any rate, you will have a hearty welcome. Perpetua said she had brought some refreshments with them, and after exchanging a few complimentary speeches, they agreed to put all together and dine in company. End of chapter 29 Part 1